Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Sydney Michalishan, but we'll get to her in a second. First, I got to thank my sponsors, Cellucor, Extend, and C4. You use the code Clydesdale at checkout, you get at least 20% off. If they're running a sale, you get an additional 5% off whatever their sale price is. If no sale, you get the 20% off. You just go to officialxtnd.com or sellucore.com and just type in that code Clydesdale and get that 20% off at least. With that, I'm going to turn it over to my discussion with my friend, Sydney Michalishan. Sydney, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Nice to be back. Yeah, you are one of my favorites. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> and, the, and the reason, and I've got to tell you, my I am 52 years old. My mom listens to every show. Even though I'm 52, she still, That's you sweet. are one of her like top five. Really? Oh my gosh. I feel honored. Yeah. That's amazing. So um, I'm so happy to have you back. Um, do you mind if I call you Sid? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I think we've talked about five times now. I figured we're past Sydney. Sid's perfect. <laughs> I feel like I find it weird when people actually call me Sydney because all of my close friends, I've always been Sid. And then recently, like when I've like met new people or whatever, like it's, they just call me Sydney. And then I'm like, that's really funny. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like my name isn't Sydney because everyone calls me Sid. So when someone says Sydney, I'm like, oh, that's, that's new. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because my daughter's name is Corinne, but we, I just call her Cor. Like, oh, yeah. You know, or, or Corey. And uh, whenever we're like at school or it, she's in college now, like everybody says, hey, Corinne. And I'm like, who's the, oh, that's my daughter. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I feel like Sydney <laughs> is when like I'm getting in trouble or, <laughs> or my sister calls me Sydney. If I do something, she's like, Sydney. And I'm like, so that's all it. <laughs> that's what it reminds awesome. me of. Well, last time we had you on, we talked about driving in Boston compared to uh, your hometown in Canada. And I think that's where my mom fell in love with you is um, the Boston driving story. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's... I want to, I want to catch up with you because we talked to you right before the games. Mm-hmm. So you get to the 2022 CrossFit Games and probably didn't go where you anticipated it going this year. Mm -hmm, exactly. So looking back, what are some reflections you have on this year's games? So after, after a lot of thought about it and taking some time away, initially I was very, I was very upset with how the season ended for me and how the games went. Um, I think it's, for me, it was definitely hard to kind of like turn it around as a positive. Like now I can look at it and be like, okay, I can use all of these things to be better. But initially I was really upset. I felt like I had make a lot of, I felt like I had made a lot of progress this year. 
And for me, the games, I, I made a few mistakes that I kind of let get to me. And I think that looking back, I could have done a better job at kind of like accepting those mistakes in the moment and then not letting it affect me throughout the weekend. And when I was in it, I was like, oh, I'm doing a good job. Like I let it go. But now I'm like, no, you didn't. You definitely didn't. Because I know that one bad event, two bad events, like it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. But if you let that linger and stick with you, it can it can cause your weekend to go a lot worse than it could have been. And I know that every point matters and being so close to not getting cut by the end. I was like now reflecting back. I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, mistakes suck, but they happen. You kind of got to like wrap your head around like, okay, that's over. You got to refocus for the next event. So that's kind of like my biggest takeaway from, from this year and something that I really want to like work on moving forward. If that makes sense. Is it fair to say, and I don't, I mean, I know you, but I don't know you real well, right? Mm -hmm. Just um, when I saw you at semifinals, you look very relaxed, like like you were supposed to be there. When I saw you at the games, you looked tense, like um, and frustrated, and it was visible. Did you did you feel that difference? I did. I did. And I felt like at semifinals, I was very comfortable. I felt really in control, but I also didn't make any mistakes. My semifinal went really, really smooth. So it's almost like you have to look at it as like, yeah, like when things go well, when things are going right, like it's easy peasy. Like it's a breeze. Like I had a really relaxed time because everything went well. I made like a really... I kind of had like a really bad mistake on day one for me in an event that should have been an amazing event for me. And I think that moment kind of turned my mindset. Like I have, I've never really made a, a mistake before competing. And that was my first time, like even last, last year, like uh, in the 2021 games, like I didn't do, like I didn't do amazing, but I also didn't have, I think I wouldn't classify anything as like a big mistake. And I felt like I had that, on day one and I've never experienced that before. So I think that's, that's kind of what took me for a loop that weekend. If I can think back on it. Are you, are you willing to tell us where you made the mistake? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, um, it was event two. So we had done the bike and the chest of our toast of our workout and that one didn't go amazing, but it was fine. And then we had a rain delay, I believe. So we went to a different workout and it was the pegboard double under handstand obstacle that spill skill speed medley. I believe that's what it was called. Yeah. And for me, pegboards is like my best movement. Like I can do like five or six, like unbroken, like pegboards in a row, like upper body pulling, like that's my thing. And I was so excited for this workout when it got released because of the leg, uh, yeah, like the legless pegboards in the second round. And I was practicing my single unders and my pistols. And I had so much work on the handstand ramp that I was like, okay, hey, this is awesome. Like I was so fired up for it. I was like, finally, like I get to compete pegboards because in 2021, I got cut. I didn't get to do the pegboard event. And I was like, oh my gosh, finally, I get to show off my pegboard skills. I don't know what happened. I fell off the pegboard three times on the way down. I would like, 
in the exact same spot every single time on my descent. I went to put my left peg in and it slipped out of the hole and then I fell like five feet straight on my back on the mat. And that happened three times on the pegboard in the same spot. So very frustrating because in the moment I didn't know what was going wrong. I didn't know how to fix it. And it happened once and I was like, obviously really rattled about it. And I was like, okay, do it again. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And then that just, that was, and then it's like a quick workout. Like I think it was like a three or five minute time cap on that piece. And so I almost got like dead last in that workout. Not the end of the world. In my mind, that should have been a top 10 or a top five, something that I felt very confident on. And to kind of make a big error like that three times in a row. I, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, I just fell off the pegboard three times. Like it wasn't a lack of not being able to do them. And I, I think it was also like, I don't know why it kept happening. And that kind of messed me up, I think all weekend. Where were you trained? Do they, do they have wooden pegboards or the plastic plexiglass pegboards? Wooden. Is there a difference in the way the peg goes in the hole? I'm just I mean, to... <laughs> based off of my experience, yes. <laughs> I would like to say yes. After that event, I remember going to my coach and I was bawling. I was crying. And I was like, I'm never climbing a wooden pegboard again. I'm like plexiglass going forward only. I'm like, I'm never touching another wooden pegboard. Like, I was pissed. But like, yeah, like, I think there's a difference. I've never climbed a plexiglass before. But also, that's, I know that that's not the reason. Like, I don't think very many gyms have a plexiglass pegboard. And unless you've touched it at the games before, then like, I mean, I don't think it's, I was like the only one having that problem. So it wasn't a pegboard problem. It was a me problem, but maybe I was going too fast. Like, because I knew that that was a really good movement for me. Like maybe I was being careless on the way down and I missed it. I don't know. And to this day, I still have no idea why. Like I've gone back and watched videos and I've seen it like literally go in and then come back out and I've like analyzed it. And I, I honestly have no idea. So that, that I'm just kind of letting it be what it is, but I'm really trying to take away the, the mindset that I had after that event and how I think it translated throughout the weekend. You know, it's funny. Uh, I do a mind, mindset show with Phil Mansfield who is with red pill training over in Europe. And our episode this week is called spotlight syndrome, where you think all eyes are on you at all times. Right. Mm -hmm. And you said that you're, you're the only one that was having that problem. I was there all day. You were not the only one having that problem. <laughs> well, but, maybe, but maybe. under those conditions, I think it just felt like the spotlight was on you yeah, and it amplified something in your own because because that's supposed to be your wheelhouse and it just kept amplifying this spotlight yeah. on you that you felt everybody was looking at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That definitely makes I sense. mean in in the team division there were people they couldn't their shoes were slipping they couldn't even get like three pegs up. Mhm. Mm I mean it was crazy. And they are people that I've seen do pegboards much better than than that moment. Yeah. I think it's also you know the heat I mean? of the moment too. And like anything can happen. Like you don't know, you don't know the conditions. You don't know how your body's going to be feeling all those types of things. So it definitely feels isolating in that moment, but I know 
like I shouldn't be embarrassed. I shouldn't like no one's looking at me like people make mistakes all the time. But I think because that was my first big public, if you want to call it a mistake. But yeah, I think that I think my head was not screwed on straight after that. The other thing people don't realize is the humidity in that arena. Like it is sticky in there. It is sticky. That is a good word to describe. You walk <laughs> Everybody in. is sweating on the floor. Right. You're in this yeah. enclosed tight area and it is super, super humid. Yeah. It's gross. It's wet. Yeah. Just <laughs> standing in the media pit, I'm sweating. It's that kind of sticky in there. Mm-hmm. So just giving you one more excuse, not that you want the excuse, you want the learning <laughs> experience, but just trying to help you out a bit. Thanks. Definitely. So if that... Definitely taking the learning experience from it, but, but at the end of the day, shit happens. Sports, sports is unpredictable. You do what, whatever happens, happens kind of. So if that was kind of your low light of this year's games, mm-hmm. did you have a highlight? Yeah, I had lots of highlights, actually. So I think my biggest highlight that actually is like kind of weirdly like not a highlight, but it's a highlight for me is I almost got top 20 in a swim workout. So (laughs) that's a big highlight for me. I think I was like really nervous about the swim ski because swimming has been one of my biggest weaknesses that um, I've been like working on. And I was like really excited, but also kind of nervous to see like where I was going to like stack up after putting in so much like effort this year. And then to like almost, I think I was like 21st or something to like almost be top 20. I was like so excited. So that was like a big personal win. Um, I like remember, cause I think that was on Saturday. I remember going into that day, just being like, you know what? It doesn't matter at this point. Like just go into every single workout and give it your all, like whether these workouts line up good for you or not, like you just got to try and get as many points as you can. And I just went like so hard on that ski. (laughs) Like I remember like trying to swim like calm and efficient and like use all of like the techniques that I have learned all year. And then after to like see that I like almost got a top 20 in that, like that was a big personal win for me. So that was like one of my, one of my big highlights for sure. And then also getting my first top five on the sandbag that, that was like my obvious, my obvious highlight. That was a cool. Yeah, that was that. I think that was a highlight for anybody in that arena. That was a cool the event. Way, the way that event turned out to go that long into the night because it went like two hours over. Yeah, it, it was weird because I we were all like sitting on the bench like when there was the last couple girls and we were kind of like, "Are you hungry?" Like, I'm kind of hungry right now. Like, we the time went by like no one really knew how long we were on the floor for, but I, I heard that it was like a long time because you kind of lose track of time in that moment. Like you don't really know. Oh yeah. But yeah, that was a really cool, really cool event to be a part of and, and to get um, a top five in that one. I was, I was really proud of that one. Yeah. Just a side note of that is, so we were there for all of that. And then we had a press conference after that, that we had to go to. We get back to the hotel. And if you remember, there was a thunderstorm that rolled through town that was awful. Mm-hmm. Like we, we couldn't sleep. We couldn't, it was crazy. So then you come back Sunday morning and then all the changes to the events 
and trying to catch up to everything. Yeah. So, so after Saturday night, you actually, that's when the cut happened. Yeah. And you missed by one spot, four points. One spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with it just being four points, did you, did you find yourself kicking yourself over like one place here or one place there that may have made up the difference? Oh yeah. Yeah. I literally, I didn't sleep at all that night. I was just awake all night going through every single thing that I could have done better in these areas. Oh, just this, you wouldn't have gotten this no rep here. Or if you would have just pushed a little bit harder here, or if you could have just lifted that 240 sandbag, you would have gotten third and then you would have been in. I, every single possibility went through my head and it was driving me insane. But you have to let that go. So, so I think you said your overall learning experience was how to stay mindful through good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what, what changes are you implementing to ensure that happens next season? So I'm kind of, I'm kind of rolling with this motto this season of no expectations, zero. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of my theme, just kind of going into every single event, every single competition, every single training session with no expectations, no thoughts, and just allowing yourself to bring your best. And that's kind of, I've been reading a lot and kind of doing a lot of like mindfulness practice. And I've come to the realization that you can't bring your best self if you put these expectations on yourself, you kind of just have to allow yourself to flow through it. You have to get into that flow state and really just let yourself do what it without putting these limiting beliefs or expectations on yourself. So it's different because every year I'm always like, Hey, these are my goals. These are my expectations. Of course I still have those, but they're, they're there, but I'm not focusing on them. Kind of just focusing on, one training session, one piece, one competition at a time, and just kind of seeing where that, where that takes me. So is that, so comp train is kind of known for looking at analytics over the past few games, right. And trying to map out what they think you need to get better at. Um, Ben's talked about that in different podcasts with this year's games. Everything was so different. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that that affected any, uh-oh. So lost Sid there for a second. Um, she's coming back in on another device. No. Yes. So anyway, um, Ben Bergeron has talked a lot about how he tries to predict kind of what's coming up at the games. And I, my question is going to be to Sid and there she's back. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think my Wi-Fi is horrible. I think I fixed it. Okay. So I, I was just telling the audience Um, You know, Ben has talked a lot about how in the past he would look at the tendencies of what, uh, what movements would show up, 
what things would move up, would show up. And then that's how he would do his programming. Do you think that because this year everything was so different that that made it more difficult for comp train athletes or did you, did he not go into this year with that same expectation? I think it was, I think it was difficult for everyone. I, I think, I think the programming was really different and it kind of threw everyone for a loop. Um, I don't think it was any more difficult. I think we all like every CrossFit athlete kind of trains kind of has, has been kind of training the same way. And then this games just kind of was like, here's something completely different. And I think there were some athletes that, that kind of, um, I don't want to say like are good at those things, but like, say you're like super, like naturally like gymnastics. See, like maybe that could have helped you a little bit, even if you didn't necessarily train it, um, or not, but now it's kind of just like, now we have this model of what the games are going to look like moving forward. And now we can implement it. Like, I definitely don't think anyone was like, this is, this is going to be the direction like last year. I don't think anyone or any training camp knew that that was going to be the direction. So I think we were all kind of in the dark um, coming into this year, but now, now is when we all have the opportunity to, to train the things that came up. Like, are you practicing this? Are you doing this? Are you making sure you're doing these reps? Um, because now it's fair game. Now we know what's coming. So this year is definitely, um, like when, when we're going to start adding in that stuff. But I think last year we were all kind of, all kind of taken for a loop on that. As a fan of you, what I'm up, what I am disappointed in is Sunday would have been a good day for you. I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. I like um, Sunday. Very, very power output, especially with the change to the next event that you missed, which they took the rope climbs out of that, the alpaca. Um, I think you would have crushed that. Um, and then the back nine, very power output. I think you would have at least crushed those two going into um, that final, what was it, like a Jackie Pro? Yeah, with the, yeah. the muscle-ups, the row, the thrusters. Yeah. yeah. I really like so, really that day. So looking at that day, have you ever gone back and tried any of those? Yeah. Yeah, I have done. Well, I couldn't really do like the alpaca full out because I don't, didn't have it like laid out, but I've done variations of the alpaca. Really like that workout, um, how it was written before. So with the rope climbs and stuff, um, you're, you're breaking up on us a little bit again. Okay. I think you do your back. Oh no. You broke up a little bit. Okay. So we heard like the alpaca that you tried that, but that's all I got from that little statement. Yeah. I've, I've oh, tried no. the alpaca, but nothing else, not from Sunday. Okay. Okay. Um, so now you're going into 2023. Your off season has pretty much been an off season. I don't, have you done any events? this year? No. 
I'll be going to Wadapalooza in a month. Okay. Are you going individual? Should I? Hold on. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try something with my Wi-Fi really quick. Okay. So we are super excited for Wadapalooza. I can't wait to hear what she's doing there. Um, Kat and I will be down there um, for the week. Uh, we're getting in on Wednesday, leaving on Monday. So we'll be there for the whole week reporting live from Wadapalooza. So stoked about that. Do we have you back? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's a little bit better. Okay. Sorry. I'm in a, I'm in a weird spot in my house and I never know what Wi-Fi is, is good. Hopefully this is okay. Okay. So you're going to Wadapalooza. Are you going individual yeah. or team? Uh, I'm doing both. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'll do individual on Thursday, Friday, and then my teammates are Andrea Nisler and Taylor Williamson. Okay. That's, that's new. Cause they announced a different teammate. They did. They did. I'm the fill in, I guess. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Cause those two are beasts. Yes. Yes, they are. I'm very excited. I did tell them, I was uh, like, you know, this is my first team competition ever, <laughs> but it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they will have, um, they'll have all the experience with worms and stuff like that. They'll have to teach you really quick. Yeah. I was like, just put me wherever and like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. That was basically my thoughts. <laughs> wow. That's super exciting. I, I love those two. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because I haven't done any other off-season comps yet. I've I've truly been in an off-season, so I'm really looking forward to competing in a month. So you came up during a time when COVID happened. You didn't get to do a lot of events like most athletes coming up through the ranks. Do you think you need that that competition kind of experience just to get better at how to deal with the highs and lows and all the stuff that we talked about earlier. Yes. I definitely think I need more on the floor experience. 100%. Yeah. That's why I'm looking forward to, to this, to this competition coming up. Um, I think I really just need more time to get comfortable competing, get comfortable being in that environment. Um, yeah. Just exposure to it. I've really only had both games and then my one in-person semifinal of being like in the elite, like with the elite girls. So I just need more, need more practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Wadapalooza is a place to do it because yes. man, you are under the lights there and it is rocking. <laughs> um, and if you can handle those lights, you can handle just about anything. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it's my favorite place to go. It's like CrossFit family reunion. Yeah. Everyone's there. It's such a good time. It's in Miami. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And a bunch of our listeners are going to be there. So I get to meet them cool. for the first time. It's going to be amazing. Oh, um, awesome. So, wow. I didn't, so that I'm learning stuff on the fly and now I don't know where to go. So are you going to have any time to practice before you go? Or are you just going to wing it when you get there? So the issue is I'm still waiting on a visa. So I can't go, I can't get into the States right now. Um, I'll probably have the visa like 
just before Wadapalooza, so no. <laughs> so I'm I'm in Canada right now, waiting on my visa. Um, I'll probably have it somewhere between January 1st and January 10th. So I'll probably, depending on if it falls between the 1st and the 5th or the 5th and the 10th, either fly to Boston, drop off my stuff, you know, be like, hey guys, and then, <laughs> and then go to Miami. Or if it is anywhere from the 5th to the 10th, I'll just fly straight to Miami. So are you, are you on like an athlete's visa? Yes, I will be. Yeah. And is that like a yearly thing or do you have to renew it every year or does it? You know what? I'm not 100% sure. I think I have to renew it every year, but I Oh. In the States for the next, like, like, I think we initially tried to get it for five. So we'll see. I'm not too sure what, what they're going to come back with. Okay, cool. Yeah, you cut out a little bit there, but I think we got everything. Okay. Um, so, well, I am super stoked to get to watch you at Wadapalooza. And I am sure you are stoked to get out of the cold in January. Yes. Very excited. So there have been a lot of changes at CompTrain. And if you haven't been to the States, then this question may or may not be relevant. Last time we talked, I talked to you and I talked to Amanda. You both talked about how close you guys were as training partners. She is no longer with CompTrain. How does that affect your training going forward? So I think... When she told me that she was leaving, I I was really sad because of just like our friendship that we built and I really, really love training with her. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we're all doing this to be our best selves. And if her training back at home is what benefits her, then that's what she has to do. Obviously losing a training partner is hard, it sucks. Um, but we all have to stay in the space that makes sense to us. And for me, that's staying um, in Boston with CompTrain, being with my coaches, being there. Training partners are bonuses. Training partners are amazing. But at the end of the day, for me, I have to look at it as like, okay, like where do I need to be? Where's my environment? Um, and I'm and I'm kind of getting in the groove of it this year. Like I haven't even been there. So I haven't been in Boston since before the games. So I've been training by myself um, without without anyone since then. So I think because of that too, it, it's almost like it was an easy transition um, because I wasn't there. I didn't feel like I was, I was really missing anything because I was by myself anyway. And now I feel like I'm kind of in a groove of like how I, how it used to be. Like I used to train by myself um, before this year anyway. And it was hard to get used to that again, um, not having someone to do your wads with not having someone to like chat with when you warm up and stuff. But I think once you, once you get used to it again, it's, it's not bad. Now I'm on my own schedule. So I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. I can kind of do what yeah. I want. If I want to roll into the gym at 10 o'clock, I can go in at 10. If I want to be late, I can be late. I, I can kind of change on the fly what I want. So it's not bad at all. You don't have to get up at 4am like Amanda anymore. <laughs> I, I think she gets up at six. It's still really early, but but no, I do not get up at six. 
Yeah, she is definitely a, an early riser um, yeah. and an early to bed. Yeah. yeah. I would have a hard time on that schedule. Yeah, we did a pretty good job. Like, it was pretty, like, good times. Um, and I'll probably stick, like, once I, once I get back um, to Boston, I'll probably keep the same training schedule. Um, I'll just be kind of, kind of just, like, doing it by myself. I do have lots of other training partners, Emma and Brittany, back um, in Boston. But it'll kind of be, like... I feel like this year it'll just kind of be like what, what I need to focus on. Like if I need to get to the gym early, I can go, or if I need to stay late, I can stay late. Or if I want to make something one session or two, it's, it's kind of really like open-ended this year. And I feel like I have a lot of freedom in the sense of, I can kind of really decide how I want things to go. And I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a, it'll be a hard adjustment, but I'm excited. So one last question about training partners. And that is, you were super stoked about your swimming performance. Did training with Amanda help that because of her swimming background? 100% yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time we'd have a swimming workout, I would just be like, okay, how many times can I not get lapped by her? And that would kind of be my measure of like how things are going. So yeah, definitely the fear of her passing me like 15 times in a workout motivated me to swim faster. So and she actually coached me quite a bit. Her, she's so, she's so technically sound and like, cause she was like a college swimmer that she would give me tips all the time. And yeah, she's so, so helpful. Yeah. We, it's funny. Cause we had um, a discussion with care, uh, Carolyn Prevo, I think it was, who is not good at swimming. And she would say, I could work on swimming, but it's always just one event. And like, is it better for me just to take my lumps on the one event and focus on everything else getting better that I can make more impact with or focus on the swimming and get better at one event? And so she just elected that take her lumps on the one event and uh, kind of improve everything else that has more impact across uh, the whole competition. Um, have you ever thought about that in your own training? I haven't. I haven't. I, I see where she's coming from. Um, I think that if you want to win the games, you have to, you can't have any holes, even if it is the smallest thing. Like I don't take too much time out of my training to work on it, but one right now it's one really hard focused swimming session a week. And I feel like I'm making a lot of really good progress. So I'll keep, I'll keep working on it. I think <laughs> I think no matter what you, you gotta, you gotta work on your weaknesses, even if it is just, just one event. If you want to, if you want to win the games, you, you have to, you can't have really bad events. So I'm going to keep elevating those as best as I can, even if it is like super hard. Like I feel like swimming is one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, like you don't see the progress. Like it's not like other things where it's almost like you can, cause we don't do it that often either. Like it's, maybe once, maybe twice a week. Um, but it takes a long time to see, to see results. And it's kind of like, and they're hard, they're, they're hard to see, but I think it's going to be worth it. How excited are you to do the open water swim in Wadapalooza? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I love open water swimming. So that's where it's like weird. Like I'm not great, but I love it. Like I love swimming and I love open water swimming, especially in the ocean. So I'm very excited. 
So when you're a comp train, what does it look like? So we all know Ben Bergeron, but we also, that he has other coaches under him. Do you have a specific coach dedicated just to you? Yeah. His name is Jarrett Smith. I'm sure you've heard of him. Okay. Yeah. He, he does. All he my jumps programs. in my DMS every time I have you on or talk about you. <laughs> awesome. He's probably watching or he will watch. Hi Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he's awesome. Do, he does all my programming. We work super closely together. I text him all the time. I call him all the time, especially when I'm here. I'm like, ask him all these questions. And then, yeah, when I'm there, um, he watches all my workouts and yeah. So I've, I've been working really closely with him for, I guess it hasn't even, it's been about, I guess it's maybe been a year. I started working with him in November of last year. So yeah, just over a year. A year. Yeah. So just to let you know, like every time I say like talented young athlete, like he'll jump in the DM. Oh, wait till you see her this year. Or <laughs> oh. like that's, that's the stuff I get from him. Oh my God. Which is awesome. Jared, you're awesome. Which is awesome. He's my um, hype man. Hype man on top of <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> so how, how important is it to have that super close coach athlete relationship? Someone that you can reach out to in a heartbeat, someone that you can confide in. Um, does he do all that for you? Yeah. I think it's very important. I'm, I definitely think I, I don't want to say needy, but, I, but I think I'm, I really, I really need someone that I have like a close relationship for, for this to like work super well. I'm, I like to ask a lot of questions. I like to, to have someone watch me in all of my workouts. I like to have someone to bounce ideas off of. If something pops in my head that I think is a fantastic idea, I'll run it by him. He, and he might be like, no, that's a horrible idea or, and the, or no, that's a great idea. And because I have all these ideas on training and how I'm feeling and what I want to do and all this stuff going through my head all the time. And he knows me so, so well that I can just fire off these ideas or thoughts to him and he can come back to me. And I know that it's coming from the best place because, because we both have the same goal. So it's almost like it takes all of the guesswork, all of the stress, all of the everything off of me. And that's his job. And then it just lets me work out. He does all my programming. I don't have to think about a single thing. And he just kind of handles the rest. So I think it's super important, um, especially for me, finding that finding that coach relationship. Um, it works super well. I think I lost sound on you. There we go. It's my fault. Dang it. <laughs> they, they, my listeners actually take bets if I'm ever, if I'm going to mute myself during the interview or not. <laughs> I was like looking and I was like trying to read your lips and I was like, Hey, wait, I need to tell them that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it, there's going to be a comment coming up from Bruce. Trust me. There it is. Okay. Hi, Bruce. So. <laughs> So Annalise, there they took odds on the last one, and I made it through without muting myself. <laughs> this time I didn't. So, where was I? Oh, you. So you say needy with the coach, but you moved from tiny, 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 tiny Canada 
to big, big Boston. And that's a big culture change. And you don't have any family with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you almost need like a pseudo family around you. That's not only a coach, but, but support. Yeah. I guess if you look at it that way, kind of, yeah. Yeah. So that's like my gym, so, my gym family. That's like the girls I live with and the people at the gym and Ben and Jared and for sure. So Jared does all your ba- basic programming. Do you have specialists? Uh, what does that mean? Like, like, do you have like a lifting coach or a nutrition coach, or I'm just trying to get a sense of like what the comp train structure looks like. Yeah, no, I don't have a lifting coach or anything. Um, both Ben and Jared helped me with uh, swimming and I work with uh, Mike from M2 Performance. Okay. Yeah, I've actually started working with him um, in September. So that's a new thing and I'm really liking it. He's awesome. So, yeah. And he's just the nicest guy ever. He is. He really is. <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. And it's no wonder he's taken CrossFit by storm because he's just one of the nicest guys ever. Every time I see him, he comes up and gives me a hug. Yeah. And I'm not even a client of his. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I've been working with him for such a short time and and our like text conversations flow so easily. Like It's like I've, I've never met him, actually. Um, but it feels like I have. And yeah, it's just super natural. It was a really natural fit. So yeah, I think he works with a lot of comp train athletes. So I got hooked up with him right after the games um, when I was ready to get back into dialing some stuff in. Um, and it's been going really well. Yeah, he he actually coaches my coach, which is Christy O'Connell. And it was game changing for her. Yeah. Like not just from a CrossFit perspective, but from a life perspective, mm-hmm. like changed her life completely. So yeah, um, I've seen firsthand how it can affect someone. Yeah. So that's super exciting. So then you, so CrossFit New England and comp train are, is there a separate location for the comp train athletes compared to the regular New England CrossFit New England athletes? Yeah, so it's in like, we're all in like the same building, but there was actually a renovation done um, around quarterfinals of last year. And they took the building and like split it like that way. (laughs) You can't tell what I'm doing. They split it in half. So like, it's all in like the same building, but there's like a, a wall between where like the class works out and where we work out. So we don't have to ever worry about crossover time like when I first got there we would if we had like a big workout with lots of equipment we would have to time it in between when the classes would be but now we have a a massive space at the back with all of the equipment all of the rigs so we can work out simultaneously and never like have to worry about crossover so it's all in the same space but like kind of separate if that makes sense okay and then are there scheduled times that the group is to come in and work out or are you free to like come and go throughout the day to get all of your work in? You're free to come and go whenever you want. Um, It's really up to you when you want to train, but depending on like who has what pieces, like we'll all kind of coordinate together on like, Oh, if we have the same Metcon later, like we'll be like, okay, start time at three o'clock or start time at two 30. Um, 
in the morning, like everyone kind of has their own thing based off of like what lifting schedule they're on or whatever. Um, and then like we do group like track sessions on Tuesdays. And then when it gets close to games time, um, Amanda and I both ran like two or three times a week. So we like to coordinate that, but everything's kind of on your own schedule. I just, like I'd heard things about comp train and how they were, they were kind of structured and did things, but I've never really talked to anybody about the structure. So that helps me understand kind of yeah. the way it works. I think it's also changed quite a bit. I know um, like in the past, things probably have been like a lot different because I'm relatively new. Um, so I think the way that things probably worked in the past, I don't really know how it went, but it could have been different. I just know for right now, that's kind of the, and it kind of like last year and then this year, um, it's like a group dynamic, but, but everyone kind of has their own, has their own thing. And then we collab when, when it's like necessary. Okay, cool. So now I want to talk about like re relaxation in the off season. You've always told me you have a cabin mm -hmm. and a lake. Mm -hmm. Did you get, did you get to spend some time there? Yes. I spent like a month there. It was very and it, and you don't have a lot of like creature comforts to like internet and things like that. It's just a relaxation spot. Yeah. Like really no phone service, no TV, no running water, no bathroom. <laughs> You're kind of, it's like glorified camping. It's like camping in a, in a structure with four walls, but there's no heat, no power, no running water, no nothing. It's very, very um, relaxing experience. No power. No. No heat. Mm -mm. Wow. You are one tough ombre. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. It's nice. I don't think it's tough. I mean, other people might be like, oh my gosh, that's a shithole. But I think it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I mean, I got to add, what do you do? Like when you have to go to the bathroom, you just go in the woods? We have an outhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. And a porta potty <laughs> if you have to pee in the middle of the night and you don't want to go outside if there's like a bear or something. Oh my gosh. Potentially a bear. <laughs> I am, I am such a wuss. <laughs> Potentially a bear. I mean, you never right. know. Like it's dark. Like you have to bring a flashlight. So... But no, like if you have to like go to the bathroom, there's like a, an outhouse. You just make it quick because there's lots of spiders in there. <laughs> wow. Wow. So what if you want to, do, do you take like gallons of water with you? Yeah. To, to drink? Yeah. We take like those big jugs that you put in a water cooler and we'll bring like, but we're also only like 25 minutes from town. So like, yeah, we're secluded, but it really is only like 25 minutes from like the store. So we'll bring out like four jugs of water and then in a week or a week and a half, we'll make a trip to the store if we need and get more. And then we just kind of like, we put these little pump things in and then you pump it and then it fills up like clean drinking water. And then we wash our fruit in there. And then when we wash dishes, we haul buckets of water from the lake up into the sink. And then we'll put bleach in the water and then we'll boil it. And then it's like clean. 
<laughs> and then like you don't you don't drink it, but like you can wash your dishes in it. Okay. How do you yeah. cook? I mean I mean I'm assuming you cook over a fire. How do you store the food? No, we have a we have a propane fridge and a didn't even know that stove. existed. Yeah, our our stove and our fridge is all, is run off of propane. So we just bring a tank of propane and then hook up, hook the fridge and the stove up to that. Okay. Now I, I mean, I don't do stove. any of that. My parents do that. Okay. But. Well, so when I was a kid, we would camp from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Here, So that's from May to September. Okay. Um, And... It was, it was at a campground where I could walk 200 yards to a bathroom, mm -hmm. but I had none at the site and, but we had power and water. So that's, that's just what, and we used a propane stove. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I was just trying to picture this cause man, you, when you're roughing it, you're really roughing it. Yeah. Like there's no shower. So like we shower in the lake. So like, that's not a big deal. But I mean, I guess when you come back into the city after like a few weeks out there, you're like, whoa, I feel gross. Like you just need to like, like you just want to like, like go to the bathroom in like a clean bathroom and like you want to take a nice hot shower because like you don't have hot water. Like you just, especially on like when you get later into like September, like August, September and it gets cold, like you just kind of want to heat up with like a hot shower. <laughs> oh my gosh the it's stuff so I relaxing learn on this show it's so relaxing so like how many books do you read when you're there okay so i don't really like read a lot i that's something that i've been trying to get into um i make lots of bracelets i like to do crafts i do that a lot and i take a lot of naps especially because it's right after the games i honestly just sleep a lot okay so entertainment is make bracelets. Make I, bracelets. I picture like, <laughs> like Pa playing the fiddle by the fire. <laughs> <laughs> we we play a lot of games. We play a lot of board games. We play a lot of cards. We make bracelets. We spend a lot of time outside. Um, like I'm always on the water. We have a little beach. I spend a lot of time just like outside. Um, and then when it gets dark, because we don't have any power, like you just go to bed. Like once it's dark, like you can't turn the lights on. So it's like, you're done. You just go to sleep. So. So we have people asking, will she make me a bracelet? 100% I will. They're really, they're really fancy. See? Oh. <laughs> Very cool. Do you do that even when you're back in like Boston and stuff? Is it kind yeah. of like a relaxation thing that you do? Yeah. Whenever I'm just like watching TV or doing something, I just like to make bracelets. They're just, it's, yeah, it's like reading to me, but something to do with your hands. It's fun. And then you get a fun bracelet out of it. When you get back to civilization from this time, are you jonesing for TV or, or have you kind of detoxed yourself from that and don't even need it when you get back? Mm, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I do... I do feel like, um, like I am excited to go back on social media. Like I don't really take, um, like I don't really 
worry about not being on social media when I take time away um because it's a nice break but I definitely feel like when I come back I'm like okay I want to get all caught up you know you're like hey I've been away for a couple weeks like I almost feel like I've missed a lot of stuff which I wish I didn't feel that way but I feel like it is hard when so much of your life is on social media so it's nice for that break but then when I come back it's almost like okay what did I miss and I'm going through all of my my stuff like that but I'm sorry, I'm fascinated by this. So you're a two-time games athlete. The way games athletes can help support themselves is through sponsors. A lot of times sponsors want you to post on your social media. Mm -hmm. Do you have to let them know that there's a period of time that you will not be on social media? Or do you schedule it out or have someone else make some posts for you during that time? You can do either. I've done either uh, or in the past. Like sometimes you um, like do have to notify and be like, oh, hey, like I'm not going to be around. And then sometimes you can make it up by like just doing stuff in advance or um, you just make it work. Like you can always find like you can drive 20, 30 minutes, make sure you get connected to Wi-Fi you go on social media, you post something and then you go right off. Like I know a lot of times that I've done like social media detoxes before I just try and stop scrolling, but I'm still being actively posting because you have to. So like you will post something, you will make sure that you're still doing what you need to do, but you're not using Instagram. If that makes any sense. That's how I, that's how I do it. Cause then I feel like I'm not, not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm also like if I'll, sometimes I'll post a photo and then I won't look at it again until I'm like off of my little like detox. And there's so many apps now that you can make posts without actually even opening the app. Yeah. You can have something right. like an automated, like every week it gets posted. You just, yeah, there's a lot of prep work that you can do to make that easy. Like we use Canva to make our thumbnails and, and you can post directly from Canva to Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And mm -hmm. so I don't even have to open Instagram to post. Yeah. That's really helpful. Cause sometimes you just like, yeah, don't want to go on social media, but you have to for something. So yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. I find that I, I've never done like a full, um, detox, uh, because my business depends on it. Yeah. But, that makes sense. But what I, what I try to do is like, be present with people around me. So like if I'm having dinner with my family, my phone is off and it's over in the living room mm -hmm. and I sit down and have dinner and I'm present with my family in that moment. And I try to be very, very diligent about those times. That's good. I, yeah, I definitely feel like I try and do that too, just because you can get so caught up on it. But then it's like, when you do have time with people like in person, it's like, put your phone down, put it away. Like you don't need to be on it. I've definitely been trying to work on that too. Yeah. Cause if you have it in your hand, you're going to look. Yeah. Right. Like, so I need <laughs> to get it away from me. Yeah. I can't reach it. Space. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, as always, it's such a treat. You teach me so much every time you're on the show Aww. about <laughs> wilderness life. <laughs> And singing by the campfire. Uh -huh. <laughs> Last, so do you sit around a campfire a lot when you're out there? Like, 
Um, so this is actually funny. This is a hot topic in our household. My mom is obsessed with fires, obsessed with bonfires. I cannot. So is my mom. I cannot stand them because of the smell. Like I don't like me and my stuff smelling like smoke. I also don't like sitting <laughs> that much, especially around a hot fire. I'm like, this is boring. Like, unless I'm making a s'more or something, I'm like, no. <laughs> so like, we, I personally don't really sit around the campfire that much, but my mom will be like, you want to have a fire tonight? You want to have a fire tonight? And she's all over it. So she has quite a few. I'm, I could, I could go without it. <laughs> And then when you, when you go on these excursions, it's you, your mom, your dad, and any other siblings? Yeah, my sister. And then I usually um, have my aunt and my uncle and my cousins and my grandparents. There's a lot of us. Okay. And so it's entertaining. Do you, have, do you have more than one cabin? Yeah, we have two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Less chaotic. Do you, well, do you at least have a bed? Do we what? Have a bed? Um, I sleep on a fold-out couch in the middle of the kitchen. So you can take that as it kind of. <laughs> well, I learned on the last podcast I did right before yours that Roman Krennikov sleeps on the floor. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's hardcore. That's. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Like uh, by choice. And the people. By choice. By choice. That's yeah. I was I was talking to Logan Ewing from Mayhem, and he was he's been training with Roman, and him and Angelo DeChico asked him like, "Do you need a mattress? We have extras." He goes, "No, no, my bed is the floor. My wife gets the bed." <gasps> oh my gosh, that is the most hardcore thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's that's funny. Wow. Yeah. No, if he I have was a at bed. your camp, one of the listeners said if, if he was at your camp, he would sleep outside on the ground. With the bear. Yes. 100% yeah. he would. He would attack the bear. He'd be yeah. just fine. <laughs> we actually were saying in the last podcast that there's so many urban legends being made up about Roman because of how long it took him to get here and the, the short sample size we have of him. Yeah. That like, you know, he trains with bears and vodka and oh my yeah. god i honestly would believe that that's so funny <laughs> and he's such a nice guy but he's just huge man yeah yeah it's awesome so nice so friendly but like you look at him and you're like holy shit he's a cyborg yeah <laughs> yeah well sid this has been a blast as always um love having you on hope that we can get you on through next season, kind of follow the journey all the way to the games. Um, and I'm excited for you to get your visa and get to Miami where I can see you in person again. Yes. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.